belong to you. That'll help your heart. Just believe that. Well, you ladies can all sit down. I want all the men to stand. I want to bless the fathers. Come on, let's bless the fathers. I pray a special blessing. Come on, let's bless them. I speak a special blessing over them. Lord, we give you praise for these for men, for the young men that aren't fathers yet that will be. I, I bless them. Lord, and I bless the young people that are here. We're raising up godly seed, Lord, that'll make a difference in this community, in this nation, and all the earth. I decree that over them. Lord, you're anointing over them. You're breaker anointing over them. Lord, I pray your wisdom for every man. Your word says call understanding. Call wisdom your sister and understanding your best friend. Lord, I pray godly wisdom and revelation and discernment for men to lead their families and their businesses and jobs during this time. Lord, we just bless you and honor you. And men, I just say I love you and bless you and thank God for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. So, Dean, come in. Wanted to get a special Father's blessing, so... Well, bless him. I'm glad you're here. You're the guest, I'm glad you're here with us today. So, uh, well, we're going to receive our offering. Any announcements we've got to make besides um, just don't miss Wednesday night? Connie, I'm glad you're here. Connie's got a lot of tracks around here. Well, God's doing a mighty work. And he just wants you to join him. If you don't think he's doing something, just join him. Just join him. Well, the ushers are going to come, and uh, I've told you before, we tithe as a church. Dixie and I tithe. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, it's not a shakedown for your money. I want to put that disclaimer right there first. But I was reading, and... Um, Second Corinthians chapter 9 yesterday Paul was talking about how the believers of that church had helped him and I got to thinking about our church you know the word ought to interact with what we're doing right here and so I got to thinking about the people that we have helped that are not in this country even some of them are other places, I got think about um, Ernest Turner. He's in South Africa. Uh, the Ecusias, they're in Oklahoma, but they minister in South America a lot. Mm -hmm. And those people in Vietnam, mm -hmm. you know, some of you remember them. They came we, to the barn. Yeah, and others that I, I can't, but those three, and I just really wanted to pray for them this morning. Lord, bless them. And read that chapter, 2 Corinthians 9, because it says, as we give, it helps those that are ministering. Of course, we know it helps us here. It helps us keep the lights on and the whole thing here. But think about, I'll never go to Vietnam, probably. I'll never go to South Africa or Central America. You probably won't either. But your prayers and your money help finance these people that are out there ministering and so i just as i thought about that my heart was just thinking about these people you know they're away from their native country and we really need to lift them up and i just want to do that today lord all the people they're out there ministering that we this church ascension church has helped financially all these people here that have given, Lord, I, I bless them. Your word says that you bless those that send to the mission field. Amen. And I just bless them in Jesus' name. I'm grateful. I, I have a heart of gratitude for this church that has given. We don't have a debt. 
you've always provided and you will provide for us as we give to your work lord and and i want to say before all of you here that this is a pure work our hearts are pure before god and lord i just pray for these that are out there lord i pray that you minister to them this day lord meet their need today and we just give you praise now that we're able to give to you i lift up the name of jesus i pray over this group and i thank you for each one here that's given to the work of the lord in jesus name thank you amen If you ever doubt that, that tithing doesn't work, I may just end it for you right here. It does. It works. <laughs> I went to the mailbox yesterday afternoon and got the mail out. Did it. I was like, what is this? And opened it up. Melissa opened it up. It was a $35 check from from medical medical place. So I'm telling you, it works. Tithing works. It does. Checks in the mail. Yeah. Amen. 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 Well, are you ready for the word? Okay. Pastor Angie's going to preach this morning, so. Well, hey, hey, hey. God is here. God is here. He is here. And he is wanting to do a whole lot of stuff. Good stuff. God loves us. I want to say Happy Father's Day to the men, but I want to say most of all Happy Father's Day to you, God. You are our ultimate father, and we say Happy Father's Day to you. And I just come boldly before you this morning, and I um, just stand against any distraction. The blood of Jesus is over this service. He's got good things for us here today. We just stand against any distractions. I just stand against uh, Leviathan, anything that would want to twist from my mouth to your ear. There won't be any confusion. God is in control, and he is here with us, and he loves you more than you realize and he's got good good things for you and you know some of y'all thought oh, what's a 35 dollar check you know what that's gonna buy his lunch so what you know next time it'll be 3500 because he's a faithful man and he was willing to give the lord uh thanks for 35 dollars. it could have been three dollars and fifty cents and i guarantee it, he would have still been up here saying praise the lord tithing works so don't doubt don't doubt the lord and i i just um i was there's part of me right now i i'm a little hmm, i told rob i said i can't i can't i can't help who my dad is i've judged him for so long because he got all wound up every time he'd go to judge a horse show or show a horse and we all laughed and made fun of him and i said i've become just like him <laughs> I'm getting ready to come speak this morning, and I'm feeling all jittery and wanting to <laughs> feel a little anxious. And I was like, "Sorry, God." I made, yeah, and he and he's relaxed. He told me, "It's like I've had a great week." <laughs> I was like, "I'm glad you have." I've been feeling this pressure of God. You, you, you go say, "Okay, you're going to speak this morning." Oh. <sighs> And a little pressure wants to come at you, you know, but it's all good. It's all good because God gave me exactly what I'm supposed to share today. And you all are here. You all are the ones to hear it. But in the middle of the night, and this is, I'm a little reluctant to share this just because I don't know, but I just am. But he woke me up in the night and reminded me that revival broke out in Brownsville on Father's Day. I haven't th thought of that in a million years. And I thought, okay, what's that got to do with us? Why not us? 
we have been praying and, and interceding for our city and for revival for years. Why not this place? And so then I started going through my checklist. Well, we don't have a lot of people, and what would we do with a lot of people? And we don't have a praise team, and... God said, you know what, um, it's kind of like Gideon or David with the three stones or, you know, why not, you guys? You're the, you're the least qualified, so that's when God shows up. So, Lord, I don't know, and I, the reason, and I was reluctant to share that, and then I was reminded of the time that Bobby Connor was here and he was out at the, remember when we used to have the fishing motel before the big casino come, when we was really redneck and we had a fishing motel that everybody stayed at. And he was out there watching uh, the, watching something. And it was where the Arnots and they, it was when people was getting gold on them. Do you, does anybody remember that gold that they would get on them? Yeah, they'd get them in their teeth and all kinds of crazy things. I mean, it was wild. You know what? God's wild. Supernatural, the supernatural, mystical ways of the Lord, you can't wrap your head around it. But the, he was out there watching that on TV and kind of laughed at it, and God rebuked him about it. But he came here and told that, and he was like, yeah, Lord, I'm willing to step into that, basically is what happened. And we saw all kinds of wild things happen here. I mean, like, people got gold in their teeth. Now, I don't understand that. I don't have to understand it. Doesn't matter to me. I remember a guy, he, he was, and the people that got it wasn't like these two. They didn't get it. It wasn't for them. Their hearts were already turned towards the Lord. There was people that got it that just like come off the streets and God touched them and changed their hearts. I remember a guy laying out up here, his cigarettes was everywhere and he was just a mess. You know, that's the ones that need it. Those people that think, God doesn't love me. I smoke cigarettes. God doesn't love me. I've cheated on my wife. God doesn't love me because I've cussed this week. God doesn't love me because... I've said his name in a bad way. God loves you so much in spite of all the things that we have done. It doesn't matter. God loves you. You can't do enough to get away from him. And that's, that's, wh that's why we're here today, the expression of God's love. He wants to pour that out over this place today. He loves us. He is a good, good father. We've just sang about that. It's a prophetic song over us that's gonna, you're gonna get to carry that out, out from here. You know, it's easy for me. This day isn't easy for everybody. Not everybody likes Father's Day because you've had some pretty crappy dads in your life. Let's just be real. Or maybe you've been the one that hasn't been the greatest dad in the world. But God. God can restore and God can change. I have a good dad. It's always been an easy day for me. We've hung out and we went Friday on a little road trip all the way to Pawhuska, Oklahoma. And all the way there, oh my gosh, you want to talk about memories he has memories with his dad like I have with him, and they all evolve around four-legged horse. But every, uh, almost every spot in the road between Skytook and Pawhuska, he had a memory of something with him and his dad. It was awesome. He even showed me a place where him and his brother got a whipping in a boarding house for acting ugly. They wouldn't be quiet, and dad had to give him a whipping, you know. That was awesome. But... It, last night, we went out to dinner to celebrate Father's Day, and my mom was talking about something that she had been watching where they were talking about how soft the kids are these days, and we've just pampered them and gave everybody a trophy and wrapped them in bubble wrap, and, you know, we don't want anybody to get hurt or anything. And it made me think about um, a story that he told 
because I, I, I thought, you know, if kids would grow up and do some of the things that he did as a kid, <laughs> we'd be a little tougher these days. <laughs> he talked about growing up um, and riding a two-year-old stallion as a young kid. Well, that may not mean anything to you, but that's just not a pony horse that you put a kid on. But that was just something that they did. And I thought, we need more kids on two-year-old studs to toughen them up, you know? We don't need to be babying them around. But um, we have some good memories. And you know what? You may not have some good memories of your dad, but God can turn those memories. God can heal your heart. God can make those things right. But it takes him. It takes him. You know, we find him as Savior. Then, then he becomes our father. He becomes daddy. He becomes Abba. He's our provider. He loves us. He cares for us. And, you know, we get to spend eternity with him. He never leaves us. I just want to read a, some verses out of uh, the message, and you don't have to turn to them because I'm going to read them really quick, but 2 Corinthians six eighteen says, I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters to me. John fifteen nine, Jesus says, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. Isn't that awesome? Make yourselves at home in my love. Jeremiah 31.3, I've never quit loving you, and I never will. I never will. That's for each one of you here today. I've never quit loving you. It doesn't matter. I've never quit. But, you know, some of our ideas of God the Father, it's clouded, it's skewed because of the way that we were treated by our earthly fathers. It's hard for us to see God the Father in a pure, right way because we tend to think, oh, he looks like the man that abused us, the man that hit us, the man that didn't provide for us, the man that left us. That's not who God is. You know, some have a horrible home life and they purpose they're never going to be that way. They judge their father or the mother, and they end up just like them. I know people just like that. They were abandoned as kids, and they've abandoned their own kids then. Y'all know people like that. Then there's other ones that grew up rough, had a horrible... They've met the Lord. The Lord has healed their hearts, and they're raising Christian families. They've turned it around. They've made a difference. They said, I'm standing, and my family's not going to be the way that I grew up in. It can happen. God can do that. God can restore. When we're right with God and we have his approval, it's a wonderful place to be. But, you know, we, there's something in us, and you've heard Pastor Gerald talk about this a lot or at different times. We all have something built in us uh, that where we still are wanting our earthly father's approval. When we're right with God, we have his approval. But still here on earth, there's something in us. We need, Chris, your kids need to say, good job. We need those attaboys, don't we? We need those and this is, you know, I need that. What does that do to you whenever someone, you're doing a great job. Man, you're like, wow, I might be able to do this. We, we, I don't think you ever outgrow that. And you know what? Some of us may not have our fathers anymore. They may not actually be here on earth we can find that. We can find what we need, though. God, it, it, whenever we're right with him, he extends that. He extends those attaboys to us. He can give us that. You're doing a good job. He can give that to us. It's not too late, though, fathers, to start giving it. And you know what? It may be hard. It may be uncomfortable. It may not be easy to do. You didn't get it, so I'm not going to give it. Don't we get into that sometimes? We do. 
somebody's got to somebody's got to break the cycle. Start with a pat on the back if you can't say something. Start in their. I, I, it doesn't matter if they're sixty years old. However, I'll start. Mom, start. And you know what? You may not approve of their behavior or what they're doing, but you can approve of them, of who they are. I, I'm so grateful you're my daughter. I love you. I'm glad that God gave you to me as a daughter. We need to hear that, don't we? And God is saying that to us. God wants to speak that over us. It's never too late to start. You know, whenever we started, we, like I started, I didn't start this church. Gerald Freeman started this church. I was just along for the ride. But I remember whenever he did start it, and I remember thinking, what in the world is this going to look like for us? I really wasn't caring about anybody else. Hey, I'm an only child. I'm just going to admit it, you know? You, whenever, you know, I was just concerned about me. I'm like, what's this going to look like for our relationship? It's never changed. But I remember us talking about it. And he's like, I don't know what it's going to look like. But, you know, you're still my daughter. I'm not going anywhere. It's all going to be okay. Sometimes whenever your vocation changes, things happen. Your kids may need a little assurance of things. But, you know, one thing that I really appreciate is this. He's the our his family still became was still first. He always took my call. You know, used to a lot of people would show up at their door needing counseling, whatever. He never ran to the door and said, "Don't come in." You know, obviously, I, I, I would realize something was going on and might go on my way. But do you hear what I'm saying? He, 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 this didn't become so important that the family got behind, left behind. And I know that that's happened to ministries and people. And I know that that's happened to lots of people in business. Men get wrapped up. Women get wrapped up in your work because you get your attaboys from work. So we strive to be the best that we can be, and your family is at home saying, where's dad? Where's mom? I need them. Don't leave your families behind. And especially all in the name of Jesus, don't leave your, your families behind. And I guess what I'm saying is, he never did that. And I, I, I was grateful for that. I, I am still grateful for that. But I want to talk to you today about an, a father and a son, and it's Abraham and Isaac. And most of us are familiar with Abraham and Isaac. And as I read this story, I was just, I thought, you know, it's really cool to see some of the Old Testament. And um, it's such a prophetic um, picture of what was to come a lot of times in the New Testament. And Abraham and Isaac is some of that prophetic picture. But in Genesis 18, and you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to kind of talk about it. We will read some here in a minute. But um, Abraham was hanging out at his tent under some trees in the cool and trying to keep cool. And I was thinking, what would a tent under a tree this week look like? How in the world did that man be cool? Was he cool? He's hanging out there. And all of a sudden, in a distance, he saw these three guys walking by. You know, he could have missed that. And what a time of discernment that we need. He had great discernment. He knew the Lord enough to recognize those weren't just three ordinary guys walking by. And he went out and greeted them and immediately realized one of them was the Lord. Hey, are we going to recognize the Lord when he's walking by? We need that discernment. Well, like every good husband, he invites them to hang out for a while. He, Abraham goes straight to the tent and says, uh, get to cooking. So they get a calf. She gets to bacon bread. And, I, I, you know, right now I can't imagine. You know, we'd run to Charlie's Chicken and get a meal and bring it home. You know, they went and butchered a calf, Chris. 
I mean, this wasn't just, this took a minute. So he, <laughs> he, he, they hung out. I'm sure they had quite a conversation as Sarah's in doing her thing and the hired hands are out getting the calf ready. He says, your wife here? Yeah, she's inside. He said, I'm going to be back in about a year and she's going to be pregnant. <laughs> and that's what she did. You know what? These weren't young people. These weren't 20-year-old people. These were old people, okay? We're talking really old. And God himself, though, told them she was going to have a baby. So, what are you going to say to the Lord? <laughs> they got a promise. Has God gave any of y'all a promise? But you know what happens when you get the promise? The test comes. As I, I, I wrote down, what are we believing Father for? And I was like, Angie, what are you believing Father for? We should all be believing him for something. Should we not? How big is your faith? The test comes. You might be believing for a child, a grandchild, a mate. How about a job? What do you believe in God for? A promotion, a new home, horse. Cashley, where is she at? House, salvation for your family. I mean, the list could go on and on. What, what are you, what's God wanting to, God wants to give you a promise. Just like he gave Abraham and Sarah. What's your promise look like? What do you, the test came. The test came. <laughs> I'm telling you, in that test, it's a growing time. Because you will be tested to say, did God really speak to me? You'll go back, that's the way I was whenever God spoke to me about that he was going to heal my finger. I can't tell you how many times I thought, oh, Really? It's a test to stand on God's word and believe it and say, yes, I am not going to waver from this because you do waver because everything begins to look like it's not going to happen. Does it not? It does. But you know what? It happened. It happened for Abraham and Sarah. In Genesis 21, it tells us that Isaac was born and the promise was fulfilled. Isn't that exciting? You know what? If God wants to bring their promise, he wants to bring your promise. Isaac was born, and they all lived happily ever after, and we can all go home. Didn't work that way, did it? Whoops. Not so fast. Guess what? You have to go back a little bit. Uh, that, that's the fairy tale story that we want to believe that the Bible is sometimes. God shows up. Oh, we all sing the Disney song and all, you know, live a wonderful life. That's not what happened because you know what? Abraham and Sarah weren't too different than us. And you know what they did? Before these men showed up, Sarah got the brilliant idea that maybe it was up to her to get a kid in the family. Has anybody tried to fix something and try to make something happen out of God's timing? Work something around? Oh, God's not moving fast enough. I think I'll help him out here a bit. How's that working for you? about like it did them, not so great. She got the idea that I can't have a baby. There was no fertility clinics around. There was no in vitro. We can all run to go fix something real easy these days. They didn't have that. So she said, I've got the great idea. I got a maid. My husband can have a child with her. 
They had a child named Ishmael. And let me tell you something. He wasn't the original plan, but he was not an oops. And you may not have been planned, but you are not a oops. God loves you whether your parents were married or not. Some of you don't even know who your daddy was. It's okay. Your heavenly father created you. He wanted you. He designed you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. No matter what anybody says, no matter what the enemy has spoken your ear, no matter what the paths you have went back and forth, because there's, whenever you don't have a father, there's a part of you that's a little lost in there because you, we need our dads. But God can take that crookedness and that, that confusion and that hurting in your heart because all your friends have a dad. He can fill those holes in your heart. And I tell you what it does to girls. They run to every boy in the country trying to fill that hole. I'm telling you, it happens. Daddy's not there. I go from boy to boy to boy trying to fill that, that hole that my dad's not there. It happens. So Sarah, and they worked out this plan, and this little boy was born. And, you know, it wasn't a big deal for 13 years. She could handle it. Sarah could handle it, having her husband, the maid, and this child that wasn't hers. Isaac showed up, and things got a little more interesting because now you, anybody that has an animal or a horse, I have seen this so in action. Whenever a mother horse has a baby, they're not as sweet and nice as they were before that baby came. Their ears go back. They start kicking and doing all kinds of crazy things, just like some of you mothers do whenever somebody gets a little too close to your kid. <laughs> it just kind of comes out. Well, things were going right along, and uh, Isaac turned three, and they, it was a time for him to be weaned. And his daddy threw him a party. Abraham and Sarah were 100 years old. I was thinking about how crazy people are with their kids, you know, just whenever you're like a normal age, whenever you have your kids, 20, 30 years old. And then you see your kids with the, their grandparents and how crazy the grandparents act over the little kids. Can you imagine what 100-year-old people acted like with a 3-year-old? I bet they were ridiculous. They had this big whooping party how do you think 16-year-old Ishmael felt? He had had the whole run of the place for 13 years, and then all of a sudden, this new baby shows up. What about the rejection and the things that he felt? Hey, these are real people with real-life issues that I, you know, if we don't talk about it in this place and get healed up, that's why the church isn't effective outside of this place because we don't talk about Ishmael's. We don't talk about people that don't have daddies. We don't talk about a divorce that happens and, and moms are left to raise the kids by themselves. We don't talk about rapes that happen and ladies raise those kids. We don't talk about abandonment. People, mothers, fathers that leave their kids and those kids are left to defend for themselves and they grow up like an Ishmael. Ishmael thinking, what am I supposed to do? I had a dad for 13 years, for 16 years and now he's got a real kid that he's throwing a party for and me and my mom are out here and we don't know what to do. How do you think he felt? You want to talk about a fragmented person, a hurting, his heart had to be crushed, and his mom. I'm not sure how that would feel. The maid with the kid. 
I'm not for sure how that would this read it. It's in it's in the word. We see it all the time though today. Kids, children with just one parent. But you know what? When we get out of God's timing, we can't get ourselves out of a jam. And Abraham couldn't get out of this jam. Ishmael wasn't an oops, but we're no different than Abraham. And this is what God showed me. We'll be stuck until we resolve the, the issues with our Ishmael. He couldn't go on with Isaac, the promised child, until he dealt with Ishmael. We all have an Ishmael in our lives. We have some issue, and I'm not just talking kids, but there's some sort of something that we've got hung up in that then we've tried to compartmentalize it, set it aside over here, and say, oh, praise God, I'm moving on with him. I know a man that had a family, was a preacher in a church, ended up in some, in some crazy stuff, ended up in jail, got out of jail, left his family, and never spoke to them again, went into the ministry, and like had another new family all of a sudden, and left that family. That happens. See, that's what Abraham kind of tried to do. He was just going to forget about Ishmael, and he was just going to move right into his promise. I don't think so. God wants us to face our Ishmaels, whatever that looks like. Our little oops, our, our, that little conflict that you have with your brother, your sister, that you want to act like nothing's wrong. My dad was talking to me today, uh, the other day about a, an issue with two brothers. Hadn't spoken how many years? I, I don't know, eight years, three years, four years? He couldn't wrap his head around that. I said, hey, that happens in families all the time. All the time. I said, Dad, not everybody's like you. He'd be getting in his brother's face trying to say what's wrong. Let's work this out. That's how he is, though. Let, let's, and that's, I think that's how God, that's what God did with Abraham. Uh, let's get this right. You can't move on with Isaac to, to let's, this little oops that y'all thought nobody was going to pay attention to. God's saying, uh, well, you better deal with it. And it's never too late. Some of you guys are waiting on your kids to call you for Father's Day. Call them. Amen. Call them. Amen. Say, I love you. Just want to hear your voice. You don't even have to bring up Father's Day. And some of you that are reluctant to say Happy Father's Day, say it. They may have been a crummy dad. Say it anyway. You know what? God wanted you to have the, him as a parent. Tell your mom that. Somebody has to make the step to break it. Somebody has to. Well, I don't guess you have to. It's up to you. It's up to you. God wants us to deal with it. Because you know those promises that you want? He wants to give those to, to us. Let's get back to Isaac being born. They had the big party. The doting parents were lavishing over the sun. And let's go to chapter 21. Ishmael was picking on little half-brother, and Sarah got really ticked, as probably every doting mother would. And she had had enough of it. And in verse 10, it, she said, I want her and the kid out now. And let's read verses 11 and 12. Genesis 21, 11, and 12. The situation distressed Abraham greatly because of his son Ishmael. Can you put up? Okay, that's okay. Just go ahead and skip that, Leah, and just go straight to the, have the music stuff ready. Forget, they can, y'all can look it up in your Bible. 
Genesis 21, 11, 12. The situation distressed Abraham. This is because he, she said, Get, drive him out, send him out. The situation distressed Abraham greatly because of his son Ishmael. God said to Abraham, do not let it distress you because of Ishmael and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her and do what she asks, for your descendants will be named through Isaac. This is a man that was broken hearted. He was, that Ishmael may not have been the promised one, but he was his firstborn son. And can you imagine going to have to send him out? He was heartbroken over it. He was heartbroke, but God said he was going to take care of him even when Abraham couldn't. And whenever I read this, I mean, God shook me, and he told me that this is a verse that some of you need to claim. Verse 12, God is saying, do not let it distress you. Because I'm going to take care of it. And there's some of you are distressed over your kids, over your parents, over broken relationships. God's going to take care of it if you'll step in and do your part. He said, listen to your wife. That would be a tough call because a lot of us would question whether you should really do that or not. But that's what he did, even though he was heartbroke. He sent him out. You know, here, here's the beginning of a fatherless generation. Yeah, he had a dad, but he sent him out to the wilderness, and away they went. They were out there. They got so confused. They didn't know what they were doing. It says their mom and son, they were out there crying. God heard them. God heard them. He heard their cry. And down in verse 18, it says, um, God told him, said, uh, told his mom, get up, take the boy by the hand, and I'm going to make him a great nation. So God took care of him in, in, in a situation that looked like it was never going to be restored. And you go on and read, uh, whenever Abraham died, it says that Isaac and Ishmael buried him. So those, those brothers had some type of a relationship. God can turn things around that look bad. God can can do it in your family if he can do it in this because to me this is about as twisted as it can get he provided for them god kept another promise i i was um thinking about different uh, camp uh, different uh father's day memories i i don't really have any great big father's day memory other than one and it was one that I didn't spend with my dad. And it's probably been about 15 or so years ago. And um, I was with the youth at this church. At, we took them to camp, church camp. And the church camp was, it seems like it would like start on Thursday and it would go over the weekend and like come home on Monday or whatever. Well, um, that Sunday that we just happened to be at, father, uh, at church camp was Father's Day. I didn't really think anything about it. I remember Mark Job preaching that Sunday. And you want to talk about, he talked, preached about the Father's love. And I'm telling you what, a bunch of teenagers, they don't hide all of their issues and come in and pretend like everything's okay when it's not. You never seen more snot and tears flying than three or four hundred kids. Some of them, they miss their dads. Some of them due to death, some due to divorce, some due to never knowing their fathers. I, I'll never forget that Father's Day with that 500 youth, with over half of them bawling and crying over not having their dad in their life. Your kids need you. Whether you got it all together or not, your kids need you. And I want to tell you something, as the kingdom of God, whether you have any kids or not, you can be a father to some. You don't, they don't have to have your last name. You can be a mother to, to kingdom people. And the kingdom people, they need us. That world out there needs mothers and fathers. I've seen this too. I've seen Judy and David. I've seen Debbie. Many of you guys, are Stella, are stepping in and being mothers and fathers to people that don't even know what that looks like. They need us. They need us. 
in, but I want to go and read a couple, just two more verses. I'm just about finished. But um, in chapter 22, you know, Abraham got his promise, and then he got another test. And you're going to get your promise, and then another test comes. Because I think God tests us to see what we're going to do with that promise. Are we going to be faithful to him in, with it? Now, after these things, God tested the faith and commitment of Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here am I. And God said, take your son, your only son of promise, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. This is the first mention of love in the Bible. Abraham loved his promised son. He loved him. He was tested, though, again, with that promise. Was he willing to give him up? And you know what? All I could think about, you know, he, had, he took Isaac. Isaac carried the wood. What did Jesus carry for us? He carried a little bit of wood for us, didn't he? That's right. But what a, a prophetic parallel of a father and a son. And the first mention of love in the Bible is this. That promise, are you willing to give it back to me? You know what? God was willing to give his son back for us. Was he not? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you, for me, because he loved us. He gave. And you know what? It, it, it's like our friend uh, Brent Rose says, uh, forgiveness without an apology. That's a good thing to remember here on Father's Day. Your kid may not have said to you, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? You extend, maybe you need to extend to your father forgiveness even when they can't say, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to be there for you. But God gave the ultimate forgiveness without an apology, did he not? He forgave us even, even when he knew that we were going to be jerks down here and want to do our own thing. Did he not? I have a story I want to read to you, and it's from... Um, John and, uh, John and Lisa Bevere. Sorry, I couldn't think of her last name. Lisa Bevere. And uh, she's a minister. Her and her husband travel all over the world. And I just thought this was, and it's just really short, but I, I, want, I just feel like it's real significant. I want to read it to you. She says, My father died seven years ago, but I felt fatherless long before his death. For most of his life, he was a rough and angry man the son of a Sicilian immigrants. He fought hard to find his way and place in the world. His own father died whenever he was a young boy and life became a struggle to survive. He succeeded brilliantly and became a successful home builder, and yet the wounds of his childhood ate away at him. Words did not come easy, and he turned to alcohol to stave his pain. My parents divorced twice, and our father faded away from us when my brother was in ever his 20s, teens, and I was in my 20s. For years, I reached out hoping things could be different, hoping that my children would draw my father back to us and open his heart to healing. More than two decades passed, then in a moment, everything shifted. In late 2009, my oldest son Addison, his bride Julie, and their firstborn son Asher accompanied me to visit my father. He was no longer living with his girlfriend, but he was in an institution. Alcohol escalated him into a state of dementia where he could no longer live his life on his own. His health and vitality was slipping away. When he shuffled out to meet us, he was but a shadow of a man I'd known and feared growing up. Not knowing what to do, I prayed. Heavenly Father, what do I say? I heard the spirit whisper, tell him he was a good dad. I was shocked. 
Why should I lie? He hadn't been a good father. He'd abandoned us. He'd rejected us. He'd betrayed my mother with multiple affairs. He'd ignored his grandchildren. What was good about any of this? I heard the Spirit answer, He was as good as he knew how to be. I took my father's hands in mine, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, Dad, you were a good dad. He began to weep, and as he formed the only two words he spoke our entire visit, he said, thank you. Years of anger, guilt, and shame rolled away, and I saw my father for the first time. In that holy moment, my son Addison prayed for his grandfather, and he received Christ. I've shared this for those whose story is like mine. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that you can give this Father's Day. Give it liberally and give it freely. Give it fearlessly. You won't regret it. Because not only did it set him free, but it set them free. Let's stand. I know that many of you all are hurt. I see you crying. You're not just crying because I read a sad story. You're crying because you feel some of that hurt. And that love that I talked about to begin of our Heavenly Father, He wants to extend that love out to you today. I'm going to ask my mom and dad to come. Debbie, come here and stand. I want you all to respond to this. I want you to respond to the Father's love because that hurt and that brokenness that you feel, God can turn that. You think that you've went too far from your kids? You haven't. You that think that your dad was a creep and you can't forgive him, you are going to be like a bird flying whenever you release them. Because that anger and those things that you're holding on to, it's just holding on to you. It's holding you back, not, not them. Lord, we just lift this time to you. Go ahead and turn something on. We just bless you, Lord. You are our Father. You are our God. You are ministering. You want to do a great work here this morning. He is doing a work. He's moving in your heart. And I encourage you, if you are feeling something stirring within you, that's God. Just come. Stand on this blue line. Let them pray for you. Release it to the Lord. You that need uh, prayer because you don't know what to do with your kids, you don't, you're, they're not around and you're feeling a real burden for them, come pray. Come let them pray for you. Lord, we just bless you this morning. We thank you that you are here with us, that you are moving and you are ministering in this time. There's some of you that have a, you have a, a promise, but you need to deal with your Ishmael. Come and deal with it today. We just bless you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in and through this place. We just bless you, Lord. You can turn it up a little bit, Alan. don't know Jesus, come and find him and let him be that father to you. Come pray for those that don't. I confess now I'm your child, no longer in bondage to and draw
my spirit within says you're adopted by Come on, this is the day to break things. This is the day. Whatever it is. Some of you have never had a father's blessing. And you need that. If you've never had it, you come. I want to pray it over you. It'll change your life. You need a father's blessing in your life. There's father in this house. I have anointing and a call to do that. I remember praying it for a guy that just been out of prison. I prayed it for him over the phone. We got through. He said, Pastor, what was that? I prayed it for a man in a revival service. And he didn't fall out. He just went to the floor. In that service, there was a judge, a county judge. And he came up to receive ministry. He's a guy about this tall. He was somebody. And you know what? He had a wound that he needed healed from a father's blessing. Men, pray over your kids. Bless your kids. But today, I'll pray that over you. Just come. If there's a memory that the Lord is bringing to mind, a hurtful memory, um, I had a wonderful daddy. He was a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. But one time, he was a little harsh in his correction of me. And being a little sensitive nature, child, that hurt. And it has affected me all my spirit, life until I came to the point the that the Lord brought it to mind. And I was able to forgive him and release him. He, he didn't God, mean to do that. But it God. happened. So if there's a memory the Lord is bringing to mind, I believe He wants fear. to heal that. You and, um, and maybe you just can By do it at your seat, but if you want someone Father, to just agree with you and, and release that healing over you, just come. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. Bless you guys. Have a great day. I'm glad y'all were here. I'm glad to know that every one of you is healed and doing what God's wanting you to do. You're in the right place. You can go out and bless your kids today and that you're in that place that because they need you. They need you to be as right with him as we can because then we can extend that love to them. So I, I just say have a great day. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. See you Wednesday. Spirit within says you're adopted by grace.